Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is July 9th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. Um, As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, It's been a solid Sunday so far. I mean, granted, it's still early for me. It's just about the afternoon. But we already got some grocery shopping in, got my little workout in, so I'm feeling pretty good, feeling pretty tight, 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 tight. <laughs> uh, let's see, um, I, I guess I have a relevant food corner, maybe some you know, people don't, don't enjoy the Chipotle, but I, I still do. Uh, I was able to get some steak tacos, and generally if I'm going down the line, I'm gonna get like everything, kind. well not everything, I get... Usually the pinto beans, the fajita, onion, pepper things, uh, things, it's fajita, onions, whatever, fajitas. And then I get uh, the pico, I get the hot and the medium, I get sour cream, cheese, and lettuce. I don't usually get black beans, I don't usually get guacamole. Granted, I have had some like kicks, arcs, where I have done that. But I feel like the more you add on, the more you slow down the line, the more annoying it is, the more destructive whatever your item is anyway. So, you know, I, I like my order as it is. And I, I it was yummy. It was good. It worked out. Uh, let's see here. Anything else to really report? Nope. That's about it. I Oh, I had some yogurt today. Uh, I, I said that was going to be something new. I wanted to, well, not new. I've, I've had yogurt before. Um, well, we were talking about parfaits, you already know. Uh, but yeah, I was like, okay, let's let's get yogurt instead of maybe doing a McDonald's breakfast or something like that, you know. So I got a little bit of a pack of yogurt things. We'll see how that goes. My my problem with it is, and I have this problem a lot with like food I buy, is it'll be like a super good idea to me for like maybe three days up to a week and then I just lose interest in it or kind of forget about it and I don't keep up with eating it and then it rots and then I hate it and then I don't want to buy it anymore because I deem it as like a wasteful item so we're gonna try to like I always try to like buy things that I feel like I know I'll eat this I'll eat all of it it won't be a problem so that way it'll disappear and I'll want to buy more and if I maybe didn't enjoy it I had to force it a little bit then okay we'll switch it up maybe come back to it again later so yeah um Okay, enough about me. Uh, let's go ahead and do our usual startup, and then we'll get into some news. All right, yummy. From the BBC News, cluster bombs, Biden defends decision to send Ukraine controversial weapons. Let's see here. U.S. President Joe Biden has defended his very difficult decision to give Ukraine cluster bombs, which have a record of killing civilians. Uh, The president said it it had taken him a while to be convinced to do it, but he had acted because the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think, just like a little quick catch-up kind of tangential news. I think there was a missile strike in, um, in Liev, 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 I'm pronouncing that wrong. The area really doesn't get hit often during this war, 
But when it does, it does, and it, it does make the news, and it was like a missile strike from Russia. But, you know, that being said, you know, also the counteroffensive is still a thing. They do have some settlements, but, uh, you know, in terms of munitions, in terms of, uh, you know, what is it, I want to say vehicles, but like aircraft, all that kind of shit, like, those are still things that Ukraine needs. They're still asking for that constantly. And, uh I think in a bit of appeasement in a way for the situation, I guess, uh, you know, something that the Biden administration has said, hey, like, no, cluster bombs are bad. Like they're these are like, you know, war crime level offenses, what you're doing. I mean, that's I believe that's part of how we wound up covering cluster bombs in the first place. And I'll do a quick rundown again about what a cluster bomb is, kind of how it works. But, you know, initially they're like, yo, this is bad shit. Russia shouldn't be doing this. This is terrible. And now we're giving our cluster bombs, but we're adding like a caveat of, oh, well, ours are, um, they're more ethical. They're a little bit better. So, but let, let's get into it a little bit. Um, let's see how cluster bombs work. Uh, we'll go through the little steps here. Shows me on this little diagraph. Thank you, BBC. Uh, or graph, whatever. Uh, number one, munition is fired from the ground or air. Number two, bomblets are released. Number three, bomblets fall to the ground, um, but not all detonate immediately. Now, this is one of those things that make it so bad is that it causes a lot of damage initially, but then the ones that don't initially detonate and they hit the ground and then potentially will just still be active until they're handled, someone steps on them or something like that, then, you know, you just have some kid or some normal civilian, whoever, and they're just gone, you know? And this has been an issue during the battle, um, during, you know, the conflict that's been going on in Ukraine. Uh, so the idea that we are now saying, hey, well, they just need ammunition so bad and we're just going to give them whatever we can. And it's OK for us to do this because we haven't signed. Apparently, like there's this whole, I think, like a cordon or pact or whatever to not use these things. I think 123 countries have signed it. Um Let's see. When asked about his position on the U.S. decision, Rishi Sunak, which is the prime minister of the U.K., um, highlighted the U.K. was one of 123 countries that signed up to the Convention on Cluster Munitions, which, prohib which prohibits the production or use of cluster munitions and discourages their use. Uh, Spain has chimed in. Germany has chimed in. More or less saying like either like, hey, look, we're, we are pro fighting we're pro ukraine yeah woo but like you know cluster munitions are definitely bad we don't like that and you know germany more or less said yeah like we don't like that they're doing this but we trust america's judgment you know kind of a bit of a summarization there now to how are ours better than the ones being currently used in russia or from russia uh apparently ours have a fail rate of about two percent so that's pretty good. 2.5% to be, I guess, exact, uh, which is a dud rate. Um, you want, obviously, a lower dud rate as opposed to what Russia's is, I believe, 30 to 40%, which is more or less more chances that it hits the ground, the little leaflets from the bombs, bomblets, whatever, and potentially cause harm to people that aren't intended, you know, after the fact, after the battle. So they're saying, hey, we're giving ones that are 2.5. Like, these are premium. 
But it's it's weird using the ethical defense here when we aren't giving the best of the best because apparently um, Mr. Biden's move will bypass U.S. law prohibiting the production, use, or transfer of cluster munitions with a failure rate of more than 1%. So you're breaking like a couple of things here, kind of. Like one, indirectly with this munition thing, even though we didn't sign it, or Ukraine, so we're technically like allowed. But um, also with our own U.S. law, we're kind of saying like, eh, you know, whatever, you know, time of war, it's not for us, it's a donation, I don't know, it does feel weird, it doesn't feel good to kind of hear this news, uh, but at the same time, is it surprising? No, no, it's not, uh, there, there are so many things that are happening in this conflict, you know, that are on paper that we do get to see, you know, through, you know, mainstream media, what have you, and there's things that I'm never gonna fucking know, or you're never gonna fucking know, like, that are going on behind the scenes, you know what I mean, or, or maybe 20, 30 years we'll figure those things out, who fucking knows, but, uh, you know, I like to cover the shit that I do see, and, you know, say how I feel about it, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like this. I think this is a munition. Like, I don't think it's a move you have to do. Um, it's potentially bad for Ukrainian citizens because this is all happening in Ukrainian land. So, um, I, I mean, plus, I don't, I wouldn't care if it was Ukraine or Russia. I just think it's bad to use this kind of shit. Um, to hear and cover devastation that this shit is kind of done. And to know that it's like, oh, yeah, we have these two, and we're just going to move them along. And it's like, why wouldn't we just sign that kind of munitions pact? Like, you know, we're uh, one of those uh, G7 nations or whatever, right? Like, shouldn't we be doing the most to, like, uphold morals, ethics, all that kind of fuck shit? But whatever. It is what it is. Uh, business as usual. Uh, let's move on to some uh, California news. I got a double pack for you guys. A little bit of a... Double up, double feature. Uh, sadly, none of it good. Uh, from ABC News. California man arrested in connection with serial murders of Mexican strip club workers. So, yeah. It's a, a bit of a mouthful there. It's a lot. But a California man has been arrested in connection with serial murders targeting strip club workers in Mexico. U.S. Marshals and the FBI on Thursday arrested... 30-year-old Bryant Riviera, Rivera, sorry, uh, a U.S. citizen who lives in Downey, outside of Los Angeles, in connection with the case, a federal complaint shows. Uh, let's see here. Authorities in Mexico said late last year they were searching for a suspect responsible for the deaths of three women who worked in bars and strip clubs in Tijuana. Baja California Attorney General Ricardo Ivan uh, Carpio Sanchez said at the time the investigators believed the suspect was an American who lived north of the border and likened the alleged serial killer to Ted Bundy. A federal complaint filed on June 29th for his provisional arrest uh, alleged that Downey brought a sex worker back to his Tijuana hotel room on January 24th of 2022. The woman was found dead from strangulation the following day, according to the complaint. Uh, the complaint features picture or features photos that prosecutors say show River, Rivera. I don't know why it's Jim. Yeah, Rivera with the alleged victim outside of the hotel elevator the night of January 24th of 2022, and him heading back to the U.S. less than two hours later. 
So essentially, this is setting up that they have all the evidence here that this man was like, hey, I'm just going to be, be on some serial killer shit, but I'm going to use the ability that I can go to and from the border and hope that that's just going to leave me undetected here. But, you know, Mexico has apparently, you know, amassed all this evidence. They, you know, filed this complaint. I believe they have 60 days to um, file an official extradition, but it's, it's, it is said that they are planning on doing that. That is in the complaint um, that I mentioned. So, I mean, this is pretty big news. Good that they got this guy. Um, you know, hopefully everything goes well with this trial and everything like that. And someone like this is off the streets. Um, but yet again, I'm always drawn to these kind of true crime stories because listening to a lot of, you know, true crime podcasts, I, I really do feel like it's just like a big conversation of like, are serial killers done? Like, is it over in this digital age? And I just feel like there's this like ooze of just like, no, it's, it's not like that is still going to be something that that can happen. People will still get away with it. I just think this the spree time will be shorter and it will be easier to amass and compile the information just because we just live in an, a digital age where once a story happens, like I guarantee you there's always like a, like a thousand TikToks on said person thing event. Like it's it just it's just so cataloged now. It's just, you know, it's just a different age of it. I, I do think, though, it still will happen, sadly, you know. Um, people be murdering. Murdering. All right, let's move along uh, from Reuters. Six dead in private jet crash outside Los Angeles. Like I said, a lot of shit happened in California, but, you know, big state. All six people aboard a small jet died when the aircraft crashed and burned in a field near the airport near Los Angeles on Saturday, local and federal authorities said. Uh, The aircraft, a Cessna C-550 business jet, was traveling from Las Vegas and crashed near French Valley Airport in Riverside County, about 85 miles south of Los Angeles, at around 4.15 a.m. Uh, let's see. And that's um the picture I have on the top thumbnail. Um, that's, like, sadly the wreckage there. Um, the passengers and the pilot who died were all adults. Elliot Simpson, an aviation investigator for the National Transportation Safety Board, said at a news briefing. Uh, the privately owned plane crashed 500 feet uh, from the runway at a small airport after attempting an instrument landing as a marine layer weather phenomenon settled on the area. The conditions appeared to have met minimum standards for landing at the airport. So, sadly, it seems like it was just more or less like a botched landing. Um, aerial video from local media showed burnt rubble in the shape of a small aircraft in the blackened part of a field across the road from the airfield. It seems like more or less like most of the plane burned except for like the tail that kind of got like blackened from what I saw. Um, but yeah, that's obviously sad news. Um, but yeah, man, being up in the air is scary. I, uh, I've only flew, like, commercials, like, just in an air, you know, normal shit. 
I have never had the inkling to fly like a personal plane or do any kind of private plane kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> All right, we have one more thing to cover. I wish it was good news. I will say the good news is that hopefully justice will be served here in a bit. But, man, like, what? A, it, it, yet again, I, I, I said this before. Sometimes I will listen to a thing and you'll just hear something that will, like, almost stop you in your tracks. And this shit was one of those things. I was doing my laundry the other day, and I was just, like, I'm, like, putting quarters into my shit, and I hear the story, and I was like, hold up. What? Like, people are doing this in 2023? Like, chill. <laughs> All right, let me, let me, let, let me do my thing. Okay. Um, uh, the article I'm referencing is um, Africa News, but I also initially heard the story on the BBC News. But Kenyans arrested after alleged period check stripping order. Um, so, yet again, another mouthful of a headline. Three individuals employed by a prominent food manufacturer in Kenya have been arrested following reports of forcibly stripping female staff members to determine their menstrual status, according to local media. Brown's Food Company expressed sadness over the incident, emphasizing it does not align with um, it doesn't align with the company's overall procedures. Uh, this was brought to attention by Senator Gloria uh, Oroba uh, in a Facebook post um, condemning the company of uh, period shaming, which was a term that was just kind of like, I was like, what? Like, which it, it was just one of those things. This is a term I hadn't heard before. But then, like, it, it was explained to me. And I was like, oh, and then it immediately, like, makes me run through, like, the ticker of, like, you know, my Christian background of, like, people will sometimes, like, go to the Old Testament and, like, weirdly reference how, like, yeah, back in the day, like, women had to, like, be out of the village for, like, seven days because they were bleeding. And it's like, yeah, that's crazy that people did that at a, at a time in life and, you know, while we were developing as people. It's really great that we don't do that now. But weirdly, we still do. We will find a way to do it. And if I'm not mistaken, um, the senator, Gloria Aroba, um, she was talking on the BBC thing, and she talked about her own um, instance where she was period shamed. And and once again, I might be getting the senator wrong here who was talking, or the person who was talking on this, but she essentially had said she was going, you know, to work, and, you know, she had realized, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm on my cycle, um, and she had, like, stained, you know, her clothing, and essentially she was in a dilemma. She's like, look, I could go back home and call in for the day, lose a whole day of work, or I could just say, you know what, it, it's a stain, it's whatever, it's not a big deal, let me just go through my day at work. She goes to work. It is immediately like the the spotlight of conversation, and she's ridiculed by her you know her coworkers you know other you know 
fucking senators and shit. Like, that's fucked up. So she had to go through this, and she's like, you know what? This is really messed up. It really messed with me. It really made me sad. But I realized I'm not the only person going through this. Like, I'm going to turn this into a teachable moment. And she did. And, you know, so to call out this kind of situation where essentially the controversy arose when a senior company official discovered a sanitary towel in the wrong disposal bin. The official allegedly gathered female employees from the department and requested that they confess to the incident. So, like, stop right there. That's already insane. That's already beyond the pale of things to do. Imagine you're working. You're doing your goddamn job, which I believe... I'm not... Please, someone come and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I literally learned about this company on the fly. Uh, but Brown Food Co., I think they, like, make cheeses and dairy and shit. So, like, okay, you're doing your thing. You're making some cheese. All right, you know, let's get this charcuterie board. Uh, no, stop. Stop the line. And next thing you know, you're lined up with your, you know, other women. And people are like, yo, who threw the sanitary napkin in the wrong bin? What the fuck? <laughs> like, that's insane. That's insane. That's so crazy. Like, some man got an ick and he was just like, oh, I'm going to make it the world's problem. This is a company issue. <laughs> Let the, like just deal with it dog it's okay <laughs> it's a bloody wipe just like, get over it like just get over it <laughs> that's crazy like i've had to clean bathrooms before so for me it was one of those things where it's like oh okay this is a thing well that that's part of living you know, if, if anything i literally think my stars i'm like you know what as a dude i never have to worry about this you know what i mean that's crazy like it's it's a, it's a good thing that we at least at the job that I you know was working at that I'm like at least we have this option. At least we have the ability to, you know, like put a little thing here as opposed to somewhere else. That's smart. But no, this person was upset that it was in the wrong bin and he was just going to make it a whole company wide problem. Uh and but there's more. There's more. When these attempts were unsuccessful, when no one stepped up to accept uh, you know punishment, the a senior official purportedly demanded the women strip to verify their menstrual status, as stated in Senior Aroba's post. So that's fucking insane. That's fucking insane. So I'm glad someone did something about this. Um, but apparently Brown's food company has suspended the accused individuals pending investigation. Not fired. So we'll see. Hopefully they, they finish the fucking job there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know in terms of like charges or anything like that. It doesn't say in the article. Um, but yeah, man, that, that blew my mind that, that blew my wig back a little bit. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I got for today. That's the news. Um, hopefully you have a great lazy Sunday or just day in general, whenever you're listening to this. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love ya. Bye-bye. Mwah.